Hey everybody, Kip here. I just want to start the episode first by saying sorry, this is a couple of days late. Uh, some stuff happened last week that kind of just threw our whole schedule into all disarray and it really messed up the editing for this episode. And uh, that means that this will say it came out Friday, but it will be coming out when you get it. Just as a, a backdate there for the uh, sake of the long-term scheduling. But right now, if you're a new fan or want to learn more about the show you're about to listen to, this is uh, episode 184 of Common Ride With Me. Common Ride With Me looks at uh, the tokusatsu genre of TV and film where there is a focus on practical effects. And what it does is it mixes a uh, fan and a, a like newcomer perspective. So what that means is that there are two shows that alternate weeks. Some weeks there is the OG or yearly podcast where myself and Gopasek Senpai talk about shows at a pace as they're coming out or, or similar to it where we look at something over the course of a year. And then there is the book club podcast which you're about to listen to where myself, Steph, and David uh, talk about things in a much more condensed book club format over the course of several weeks or months. This is episode three of our look at Common Rider Flies. Hen- Hello, everyone. You're listening to Common Ride with me, a podcast that you use with your ears and not your mouth. Uh, I'm your host, Kip or James. And with me is Steph. Hey, Steph. Hey, Kip. And David. Hey, David. Morning or evening for you, I guess. You know, if we cover both bases, we're both still touched by the sun for a little bit. Yeah. Well, we're covering like all the audience now. Mm-hmm. It could be morning. It could be evening. Yeah. Whenever you're listening to us, this is completely relevant in every aspect. Don't question it. The sun never sets on Common Ride with me, as they say. Really? <laughs> Except for when it doesn't. That's, yeah, okay. Regardless, uh, we are here once again uh, to talk about our book club for Common Rider Fies, the uh, 2003 Common Rider show. Uh, that's a little bit different this, than some other shows that we've covered, but... This is our th- our third episode. Where we're covering uh, episodes eleven through fifteen of *Carbon Murder Fies*. Before we start, though, two quick things, and like one is questions. But before that, I do just want to give a a like shout out to uh, Waypoint and Waypoint Radio. Uh, they are closing down the same day that uh, this goes up, and just like as far as like uh, important like influences, like they as a like website that like covered like media and like video games were like incredibly important for like a lot of people but like for me just like i would not be making like i'm ride with me about like the way they kind of handled other media just a great website like a like great series of podcasts uh and i hope they all land on their feet um and yeah uh just if you want to look back at the past like six like seven years just like media that's the perfect place to go there and they probably will have new projects like announced by now because they're pretty awesome. Awesome. Shout out Waypoint Media. Yeah. But we have had questions since we announced uh, we'd be doing this show. <laughs> we had questions just. <laughs> yeah, this is 
as long as I've been recording with you, we've never like consistently had this many questions on a series before. I don't know what it is about Fies, but I, I love it. I, I love that so many people are invested in it. But if you do send in questions, we have more than these five and we will kind of <laughs> do for the question uh, chunks. But for right now, um, did you pick five on purpose? <laughs> yes. OK, <laughs> that's pretty good. I like it. Keeping it thematic. <laughs> but um, you want to take uh, that first question, uh, Steph? Absolutely. Uh, hey, writers. I love the show. It's my go to podcast while I play Dwarf Fortress. OK, that's so awesome. I have so many friends that are into that and I really really sorry non sequitur but i need to play that uh i just wanted to write in and say that i think kip is underselling how awesome fights is the forum or reddit fandom tends to hate and nitpick things that take any time or have any emotional weight to pieces fies ends great it's my favorite ending to a show besides the end of fma brotherhood and i think matches the show perfectly by clain uh pronouns he him um i put those pronouns there because like some people had them and some didn't, but like, yeah, just, uh, yeah, they're just because you included it. No, um, we got this before we actually started before mm. we'd had an episode on the last episode of show kicky go right. God, actually, <laughs> they knew, they knew they were like, Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, bad. <laughs> no, um, I think that Fies really hit a lot of people at the perfect time where they were like, online you know like mid 2000s like there were forums there was tumblr there was youtube there's lots of like websites that could finally like stream video mm-hmm. so it definitely hits people big like certain shows like full metal alchemist and stuff yeah i can see it though it's like i i don't know so much about you underselling it so much as like maybe being cautious because we had had a couple of stinkers there <laughs> so I think it was more like, I really think this is going to be something you guys enjoy, but, you know, more like cautious optimism. Yeah. It's hard to know what a a show I watched in 2006 is going to translate to now. <laughs> right. And I do want to see how certain beats go. Um, and also, Dwarf Fortress is pretty dope. Um, I haven't played it much because it's just got art recently or something. That game, I've attempted to play Dwarf Fortress before and that game in like the ascii format with like the ascii graphics was just fucking <laughs> impenetrable it's like what <laughs> it's it's like looking into the matrix it's like i don't even it's just symbols what am i looking at it's every hacker meme you've ever seen online i wasn't wearing a bella clava so I, that's why i couldn't play it so you're saying the name was apt dude mm-hmm. 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 i couldn't <laughs> penetrate it impossible yep. mm-hmm. want to take a uh, question number two david sure uh, hey, book club, I'm PT and I'm listening from Oregon. I've been wanting to watch Fives for a while. My ex kept recommending it, but I have a much easier time following a show coming out than going back to one. I agree. I'm very much the same way. Um, I've only watched the first episode, but I think the pod will help me actually watch Fives. I don't really have a question, but I like the gay part of writer for a while. <laughs> it was the most active part of the fandom on Tumblr and Twitter. Personally, I've been spoiled and waiting to see the big five ships pan out. I guess, what do you all think about this part of the fandom? Thanks, PT. Thanks, PT. Thanks, PT. Yeah, I think there are some, a, a couple of things, or like ships that stand out to me really initially. So I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, man. Takumi and Kataro. 
If you're looking at ships, Fies is, it's not a fucking triangle. That shit's like a fucking octagon. Oh, yeah. Like, you could almost build one of those conspiracy boards out of it, out of all the people <laughs> right. that are, like, secretly in love with each other and, like... Who's Pepe Silva? Exactly. <laughs> Just sitting in the middle. <laughs> Seriously, though. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> this show has sexual tension between heterosexual couples, which I think is kind of rare in certain writer shows. Definitely. Sometimes the only tension is between, like, two dudes or, like... <laughs> Two ladies and yeah, oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know who. When I think big ship and five as far as like Tumblr or like Twitter, I guess the one I always think of is um, it's two characters that we know. Um, who would you guys guess is the big gay ship advice? Uh, homeboy that we just got introduced to in Takumi. Yep that that's what I was immediately thinking. There's some Sundari energy there. <laughs> Yeah, that that competitive, like, oh, I'm so angry, but it's just because I want to bend you over a table energy that they just have in every single scene. I'm so excited for the next set of episodes we cover. (laughs) Well, now I am, too. So uh, there's a concept of a crack ship that I think that kind of fits into, which is just problematic. The ship, I think of the one I always think of is Kiba and Takumi. Really? I don't know. I don't really see that. They mm. mm. maybe know. maybe we're not deep enough into the series for that to make <laughs> yeah, sense. Yeah, maybe we need a couple more episodes yeah. to see that. Like, have they even like outside of like fighting? Have they actually even like met each other? Oh, they did that one time when they went to Mari yeah. with Mari. Yeah, but it was like, oh, well, no, because uh, sh- Mari convinced him that he was like a. Uh, the layabout brother so they right. actually ran into each other a couple times this jane austen like oh we keep meeting and you were mean to me on a picnic and you <laughs> bought me a piano forte bullshit. <laughs> oh um i mean pretty boys getting shirtless and mad <laughs> but no um i'll take question number three though this is from antipode who is a return question ask we love we love Antipode. Antipode again with another question. I'm about uh, 12 episodes uh, deep into Fies, and I really didn't realize how much of a J-trauma it was going to be. <laughs> I'm mostly a fan of the newer series, and they can get dark or dramatic, but not like this. I know you all compare Ryder to uh, the MCU or Star Wars as a franchise for all ages, but I have to ask, how does a show like Fies work for kids? Mm. I know it was a popular show, and modern actors talk about it being a writer they liked growing up i just don't get how thanks for the pod eddie boat um that's an awesome question and i think it's something that i've actually asked you guys a couple of times when we like have some of these grittier episodes of things i've always been like but this was a show for kids so I, yeah i get the confusion i mean i always make the mcu or like the star wars comparison that's like four kids and there's toys everywhere but also it's definitely aware of and trying to keep its adult audience. Right. Um, sometimes more so than others. I think this is definitely one that was like, maybe the kids will like it, but anyway. Right. <laughs> I, I think that this goes a little bit more deeper than that. I think it's like a, a cultural thing where, uh, like, for example, okay, if you look at a, like shonen manga, or like shows aimed at children who are like 12 to 13-ish, like junior high school age, 
mm-hmm. we're looking at big ones that everyone would know. You look at stuff like Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And if you compare what goes on in those mangas as far as like terms of violence, like it's pretty comparable. I would actually say Fize is like more tame compared to stuff like Naruto, where people are getting like their arms cut off and there's like they're bleeding everywhere. Like in in Fize, people are like kind of banged up, like they're hurt. There's like a little bit of blood, but it's not nearly as egregious as like the manga you can pick up every month in you know, your monthly Shonen Jump or whatever, right? I think it's just the way that uh, Japanese media or, like, Japanese culture treats violence, whereas I think in America, it's, like, if it's for kids, it's it's skewed a little bit lower age levels. Or like, it would be, like, you know, you're 5 to 10, whereas in Japan, it's like, oh, when you get hit in the face, you bleed, right? Like, they don't, they wouldn't show that in a cartoon in America right. for whatever reason. But it, it's, it's, I think it's more of a, like, a practicality thing, right? Where it's like, yeah, you got your arm cut off, you're going to bleed. Like, that, that's just logically, it's not like a trying to revel in the violence or anything, even though mm-hmm. some of that kind of stuff exists. But it's just like, okay, you get your arm cut off, what do you do? You bleed. Right. I also think of, like, watching Gundam Wing on Toonami at like five in the afternoon and be like, oh, what's this? Just sometimes mm-hmm. the kid just watch things and maybe it's not exactly for you or it's for like a higher demographic or maybe it's like an entry in a kid's franchise or like more general franchise that isn't kids skewing, but you're still like, um, I mean, I don't care. I want right. this. I'm eight. I want to see somebody get their arm chopped off. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, like I remember, I remember watching specific you mentioned Gundam Wing. I remember watching the first like couple of episodes of Gundam Wing and just being like blown away by like how much more mature it was than anything else in that time slot. Like you had like fucking hero, you know, sh- just being like, I'm going to kill people and like shooting them and jumping out of buildings. And he like breaks his fucking leg and he just like resets the bone. And it's like, oh, my God, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you don't see that in other stuff produced in North America. So you're like, oh, OK, shit. Well, and just to kind of tack on to your point, too, I remember the very first piece of Japanese media I probably ever watched, even before Power Rangers, was when Sailor Moon got dubbed over in America. And I remember even they softened a lot of the edges of that for the American audience. But I remember even watching the first season, I was astonished at how much more like detail and I don't. Like maturity is a weird word to say, but it like it seemed yeah. like the series was treating the audience as people who were capable of understanding the world as opposed to like where everything in America is. So you're either a preschooler or you're an adult like there is no in between. Um, And that was like a really big breath of fresh air for me and ended up following that series like for years just because of that, because it was just such a nice thing that was so different from everything I've ever watched before. The bigger thing, I think, is how is this popular with kids with how little action is in it? Right. Because <laughs> it's kind of just like, oh, like, let's, like, talk about dry cleaning very tensely and then, like, have, like, three minutes of, like, the, like, <laughs> mandatory, like, minimum, like, fighting at the end. And I think just, like, attention spans are where they are. Where, like, a kid will hang out watching a show that, like, like they might, like, not care for two-thirds of he-man but they care when like stuff gets like real you know 
Right. Want to get uh, the fourth question, Steph, under this one? Sure. Uh, hey, come and ride with me. I really love getting to revisit Fies. It's one of my favorite shows. I like Sentai more until I looked at older shows like this. I wanted to ask, so what would you do if you were living in the world of Fies? How about if you were pushed into the core plot? I think I would be the token white person who is on a train and says something in English before dying. If I was in the main plot, I think it would be an insistent Murakami or smart lady and get yelled at a lot before being thrown into a finisher in a latter episode. Love the pod, Shana, she, her. Good idea. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, to be a token white person that randomly says a word and then like it's God or like like taken off screen. Yeah. What would you do, David, in this show? Like both like you now and you as a core plot member, I guess. I mean, like, I feel like there's a lot of things, at least in the orbit of uh Katero, where it's just like, how have you not figured this out? Are you dumb? <laughs> <laughs> when like when he has both of the phones and he's like constantly texting Yuka and the other phone would like immediately ring in his hand. It's like you wouldn't just like flip it open and see your message and be like, oh, that's weird. And then put two and two together. <laughs> or you would be like the Benoit blank of like social skills. Just show up and be like, hey, you can put two, like, please put two things together, right. please. <laughs> so, some of the stuff is like, are you guys dumb? Other things is like, OK, like there's there's the mystery. It's like, who's smart lady or, you know, like, where is the belt come from? And then we'll, we'll talk about it in this episode. but. There's stuff that happens in this episode where you're like, what the fuck? Um, but yeah, I think there, there's some of them are a little bit slow for maybe for plot convenience. In this show, I think I would be the person, like, if I wasn't plot critical, I would just love to be like the person that they meet in like a montage of like, oh, they're downtown and there's like some person like in front of this like stand like clapping and be like, oh yeah, this is great. And <laughs> randomly me um in the plot um i would totally um hmm. i wouldn't mind like to to be like a like um know how like in a lot of fiction to like introduce like a resistance and then as soon as the main characters meet them the resistance dies and they just have the resources Mm. i'd be that guy (laughs) like the guy (laughs) who gets like got after like being like oh like i've taken you to our base what would you do steph Oh, man. I think for a side character, I would probably definitely be just like someone you only see once or twice. Like, I I would probably be running a tea house because to me, that always looks like the most relaxing thing that you can do. I was going to say, if I was going to be a character, I would be like that reoccurring like barman character who they like go to the same bar all the time. But he doesn't say anything, but he just happens to be like a white dude. (laughs) Or he just like every once in a while, people are talking like and you can just tell out the corner of your eye that he's hearing it and he just like has this wise nod i feel like i'd be that guy or when david starts like looking at the camera being like am i a main character i'm not sure let me lick this ice cream (laughs) (laughs) i want yeah you know i want to be the i want to be the mark musashi of common writer (laughs) yeah that's a good one i'll make the uh, last question david sure uh Oops, that's the wrong document. <clears throat> hey, come and ride with me. I'm James, no relation, Asian even. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> I've been trying out Toka this year and following some of your shows, like Kamen Rider Geats, Black Sun, Garo, and now Fies. Sometimes the skimmers ship the, skip the shows themselves, though. I'm at the point where I'm seeing tropes enough to notice, and I have to ask, what's with the roving bands of Japanese sex pests? Oh, you don't know about the roving bands of Japanese sex pests? Um, yeah. Is this a trope that Toka fans love or something of the time? Is it an inside joke between a few creators? I feel like I've seen it happen eight times between these shows. They all have the weirdest outfits and get owned, so I guess it's entertaining at the least. Thanks for the show, James. Um, I think this is like weirdly a holdover from the 80s. Okay. Uh, because in the 80s, um, there was like a lot of like a uh, Bosuzoku like biker gang people mm-hmm. who they're not necessarily sex pests, but they're like sex pest adjacent. <laughs> also, I-, I don't know why this is specifically, but a lot of Japanese dudes, I-, I say a lot, but that's maybe being unfair, are really weird sex pesty dudes, like okay. a lot of them. So I'm not really surprised when there's and probably even more at this time when the show was actually running that there's like less repercussion for them being sex pests because mm-hmm. one, it doesn't get reported and two, when it does, they get off kind of scot-free or like a slap on the wrist. So they just continue to be garbage people. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're not going to hear the people who aren't catcalling. Like, you're going to hear the people who are. Exactly, right? Like, you know? They're the loudest group. And also, I th- like feel like maybe this is the kind of thing that just, with the advent of social media, people have been much better about culturally lessening. Like, like in, like, America, like, I feel like that's the case. And maybe that's the case in Japan. Um, yeah. I, it, I wonder, too, though, if it's, like, you know, I think... As a default position, everyone knows being a sex pest is probably not cool. Uh, so making your random dudes who are just going to get murked by a guy be roving sex pests and then they get murdered. You don't feel bad for them getting murdered. What do you think about it? Stuff? This weird trope you say. I feel like actually up until a couple of years ago, this I, I don't want to say it was common, but it was so widely like poked fun at, even in Western media, because we did we had like the American equivalent of sex pests, but they would just always be like these very like comedic over sexed type of guys. Like if you think about show or not shows, but like movies like American Pie and stuff like that, it was always kind of treated as a joke for somebody to be like overly horny and kind of touchy-feely about it so i i don't know that it's so much a japanese thing so much as like maybe it's more played up for comedic effect in japanese media than it is here like where in that time period especially excuse me it was treated more as like a you know just that's how some people are type of thing i wonder if it is like a trope though and like like is this like when they said in the military shoot like fight Godzilla just like oh like sometimes in Tokyo this happens <laughs> I mean if you think a lot about like 80s movies like 80s movies also have like weird roving bands of sex pests or rapists mm-hmm. yeah I'm wondering maybe like cause like so like <laughs> the creators behind Fize and Garo and Jetman and Shogeki Goragon and Kiva 
are all like and like Chadron are like two dudes who like hang out a lot and like work together. So I, I'm wondering if it's like an inside joke. Just like, oh, how many dudes <laughs> in Abercrombie can we get in this scene to get owned after they like are like sex best and weird and you know? You might have a point there. I mean, yeah, that's that's possible. I never considered that with the amount of things that are written by the same director that it could just be like this is my plot device to move something forward <laughs> and it just happens to show up enough. <laughs> it's like that thing like, oh, if you ever don't know what happens, have ninjas show up. It's like, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> there was one in Garo where like 15 dudes just appeared out of nowhere to like creep on like Kaoru and it's like, what? Why? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah and when she gets saved by Ray in the park is, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that one. When, yeah, when like 15 dudes show up at a children's park and are like, hey, we're going to get you. Yeah. And that's treated as a perfectly normal thing to happen. Maybe maybe that was our first hint that um, in Deno, Rutros was a good guy because he took all those guys and made them dance dead and follow mm. him. Oh, well, you might have be onto something there. Oh, uh, but no. Uh, you off your questions. Uh, We'll have another question episode soon. But for now, let's talk some fives. Let's talk some turkey. So come writer fives, episode 11, the enigmatic belt. I've um split my notes up by a plot arc. We're going to like try that, see if that works. Okay. Um, There is a lot of moving parts in this there really set is, yeah. of episodes specifically more than I think there has been. Yeah, maybe this will work. Um. So I'll like take an arc until it meaningfully interacts with another arc and then I'll like go there. Sounds like a deal. The first arc is kind of like the uh, what's going on with smart brain um, and the president's driving with smart lady and he wants to go to the clover bar, meet Lucky Clover, and she's all shook. But in the end, a couple scenes later, they're at the bar clover, which is like a purple sign with like silver lettering, has a glass fountain wall. And three of the most Inoue people uh, just <laughs> are there. <laughs> just what a crew. Just what do you think when we saw this whole crew in this bar the first time? We have we have CEO. We have uh-huh. knockoff Gact, And we have LL Cool J plus bar lady. And my question was, uh, have we seen this bar before? Because it really, really resembles the one from uh, our last series with the uh, girl that was collecting people's fingers. Oh, Garo? Yeah, it really reminded me um, of that same bar. I think James mentioned before, but the bar in Garo is in another Common Rider series. Gotcha. And it it honestly it might be. I mean, it's also kind of like is a type of bar I've seen enough shows or like is this just like the fancy looking bar under a building? Right. Oh yeah. But yeah, um there is a sexy bartender lady. Um we don't find out her name here, but it's Saiko, uh, not the ghost. Uh, and I forgot how good she looks. Holy crap. That's, that's an attractive <laughs> lady. And then there is Takuma, not to be confused with Takumi, but he's just like reading Yeats and like has like a gold shirt with black bats on it. It's very fancy. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a Jay. Jay is like in all white with his dog Chaco and he's just like having a beer letting this dog lick the beer and so let's talk really quick about uh, Kamen Rider um, Japan mm-hmm. um, 
tr- traditionally not a lot of racial diversity in that country or this show. <laughs> it, in 2023, still not a lot of racial diversity. Yeah. Weird that. <laughs> so Jay is a black man. Looks like could be in any popular show, like like in The Sopranos or something. Like he just like dressed like that, but he just in Covered Rider, which is very funny. And the only thing we hear him say is, the "Motherfucker looks like he's from Boys to Men." <laughs> <laughs> but like their yeah. bodyguard because he's bigger than any of those guys ever were he looks like a guy like know how like in action movies like they'll have like like i just realized the action movie i was thinking of was deep blue sea with ll cool j so <laughs> i told you right, i David. told you <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't by accident that that connected <laughs> he is just a like just this it would be better if he spoke besides his dog's name just saying Chaco. 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 And yeah, um if you can't tell, these guys are the strongest of the orphanuk or like the best like soldiers. Um and they're so weird. Like Takuma gets like this drink called the like monkey's lunch. That's his favorite drink. And I had to look it up. Um and let's just like see what's in this drink. Um, it is. Um, it just looks like fucking bog water. It really does. It looks like sewage. Yeah. It is a old fashioned glass filled with ice with and then Kahlua, banana liqueur, vodka and cold milk and garnished with a banana slice. Good God. Like, don't even <laughs> drink if that's your order. You're literally asking to throw up the second that you have more than one of those. Like, ugh. I don't know. That sounds kind of all right. I like banana, though. I mean, I guess if you only have one, but I'm saying like more than one of those, that's so much sugar. Ugh. That's maybe like a cool like last drink or first drink kind of thing. But maybe after a heavy meal or something. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that you have a like fun name for him, though, David. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I call I called him the poop slurper because that's what that drink looked like. It was like it looked like liquid feces. And you know what? Um, oh, no. You're actually pretty good guess because he's at he is drum roll, please. God damn it, David. I, I know. I know. felon. <laughs> That's your drum roll. Me saying, God damn it, David. <laughs> he is the centipede orthodox. Oh, no. Hmm. So he is a human centipede. Good God. Gross. <laughs> so ugh. gross. And um, another reference that I'm not sure if it's like intentional but it seems intentional but um the dog Chaco has this like um outfit on that's like pink <laughs> with a red heart on it yep that's what i think it's a like reference to the first super sentai series momo ranger mm-hmm. huh go ranger interesting, interesting. okay but yeah uh just <laughs> i always appreciate whatever a in a series like they'll just be like here's a bunch of weird looking people this strange bunch and they're like our like cool villains. That's my favorite. Here's this deep cut ass reference. Right. Yeah. Um, but um in this bar, the president gets free scotch and then goes on a speech about how like they need to cooperate. And then he's like, Oh, where's the fourth member, Kitsaki? And they're like, Oh, he's not here. And then they're all like, Oh, we won't like stop you. Like, as long as you're not wasting our time, we'll work for you. And he's like, Okay, good. Yeah. What was it he said? As long as you don't give us any drudge work? Or something like that. Grunt work. Yeah, grunt work. Yeah, that's what it was. Which, understandable. They're supposed to be like the elite of the elite, so. 
And then the most about to be murdered guy ever shows up because he walks <laughs> in this bar. He's like super drunk and like they try telling him, hey, we're closed right now. He bumps into Jay, knocks Chaco down. I was like, Even if they weren't monsters, you're about to get your ass kicked. Seriously, yeah, much, just right? knock someone's dog out of their hand. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go full fucking monster also. And I'm not even a monster, but I would be if you knock my dog out of my hand. And like the way Mr. J gets him is like real sexy, too. He's just like lip. <laughs> His tongue turns into like tendrils and gets the guy. He barely like makes a facial gesture. That's how I knew he was going to be one of my favorite characters. Just the fact that it's just so just uh, run of the mill for him. He just turns his head, takes this dude out and picks his dog back up like he's done with this whole situation. And like the next scene we have for like that plot line is that Jay pumping some iron and the show really likes to like leer at him in like very <laughs> racialized ways. Uh-huh. Uh, but my favorite part call. of that whole scene. Yes, exactly. I'm sorry to step on you there, but him getting that call and then immediately going back to lifting weights after being told it's urgent was probably my favorite thing that happened in this series up to that point. His gains are urgent, you know? Exactly. Like, he's gone for his PR. He doesn't give a fuck. And um, the last scene that we see before um, Hector Sex is that he goes to like this like music park, chains up Chaco, and prepares for his job. But um, <laughs> to go to the next plot line, um, this is our main cast of the like cleaners. But um, from last time, Mari's talking about how they found out that the other person being when Kaido was Fize, he was a like bad guy. And that's mm. when like Kaido was like, only Takabi's good. And then like goes to blow on his food. And like what I wrote down was Mari looks at the gay. Um, which is true <laughs> and like they like do talk about like how it was like like the right like right for him to keep the belt and all that but um the next moment for Mari though is she's looking around for her missing wallet mm-hmm. and she asks Takumi if he's seen it and he says no it's probably empty anyway <laughs> cause he's a dick yeah that's for true um but she's like that's not the problem and then Kato runs and be like, big trouble. I got a text from a girl. <laughs> <laughs> More urgent than he's ever been. <laughs> I, I cannot help but love the just like clueless himbos that they love to throw into these series. I, I can't it, like I, I always say that I'm going to get sick of that trope eventually, but then they just throw a new one at me and I'm like, OK, he's too cute. I can't help it. <laughs> Yeah, he's a puppy. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't want to, but I'm just like, okay, come home with me. I'll give you a meal. Like, I, I get it. <laughs> and, like, they're, like, making fun of him. Like, oh, it's the pen pal you've never seen. We get it. <laughs> and the talk of me is like, yeah, no bitches loud and clear. And he's like, well, you can be more excited, you know? <laughs> well, the fucked up part about this is, like, how bad they treat him moving forward. <laughs> yeah. When he, like, actually does start to have some real experiences, they're, like, assholes to him for it. Yeah. No, they're not nice friends. <laughs> no, they're actually pretty fucking terrible, considering they're living in his house and working at his business. Like, they're they're pretty yeah. fucking audacious for two people who are pretty much leeches on him at this point. I'm pretty sure that comes up later in a fun way, so. Oh, good. <laughs> there. But... While Mari's looking, um, 
Corno actually, um, he texts Yuka asking what's happened and like wanting to come out, but that actually like relates uh, to her plot line, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. But um, while Mari's looking, she drops a stack of papers and then like that's when Takumi sees her class. She asks Takumi, oh, like see any girls you like? And he, like he picks one and then she's like, that's me. And then like he picks someone else and then like Mari's like, you're weird. <laughs> That was one of my favorite scenes was just her looking at him and just saying so bluntly, you're weird. <laughs> the I the amount of down bad you have to be to look at a picture that blown up from a character be like, oh, like I guess I like her, and then find out it's the person you're talking to, but oh sorry, like I met someone else. Just Oh my gosh. Uh, these kids. The, one of the notes that I wrote too was I really hope that they're not trying to like even point to any kind of love interest between those two because they literally have no like romantic chemistry whatsoever. That is, they can try and push it however they want, but that is very much like a sibling relationship. I don't know. I Like, I get some sparks there, just how much they needle each other. I don't know. I uh, Maybe. Well, it's a good thing they're a lady dry cleaner thing. There's like no washing machine to get like uh, trapped in. Fall into. <laughs> Step talk would be, I'm trapped. But no, um, then she gets a like text with a picture of a, another belt that says today at four o'clock in front of the merry-go-round at the sea paradise in Hakejima Sea Paradise. I'm like, huh, it's a very specific place to go. It is very specific time uh, at that place. Like, eh. mm-hmm. there's a lot about that that should have been questioned, honestly. We don't really get a ton of context behind that because, like, it ends up that the people there aren't around to talk about it. So it's just like, oh, this happened. Yep. And they're all dead. Um, Mari and Takumi, like, go. And she stops, though, to be like, oh, like, I think my wallet's at Kiba's house. And then she's, like, dressed like the main character from, like, Aiko or something. Like, she like, <laughs> looks, like, so weird, like, in her, like, yarn top or whatever. Um, but when she gets to the door that's when kaido falls down because of that that plot line there but actually uh, just let's, let's go to that plot line really quick mm-hmm. how the rogues start their plot line is that kaido is on the altar bed ha- having nightmares about his fight where he couldn't kill kipa so he's hurt but like yelling and saying stop doing stuff to yuka and tells her stop you're depressing the hell out of me <laughs> mm-hmm. true right she's pretty depressing um so then, like, Yuka leaves to not bother him. Then um, that's when she texts Katero and, like, is like, oh, like, it's been a while. Can you come find me? I just want to hear from you. She's like, I'm, I'm sad. Yeah. Like, he hasn't been waiting to hear from her for, like, weeks now. It's insane. And so let's just, like, run through what happens with them. Because Katero... <laughs> Katero's kind of a dick. Ugh. He really is. He's wild. So, like... So Katero gets a text message from Yuka and she's like, hey, uh, this bad stuff happened. Can you come and meet me? And he's like, yeah, sure. I'll meet you wherever. And then he's driving down the fucking street in his like car and he sees her, but he doesn't realize it's her. He thinks it's someone Mm -hmm. else. He immediately stops his car and is like, hey, I'm going to have a chat with you and then go on a date and just completely forgets about what he was doing. Yeah. Not only that. Yeah. Oh no, uh, you go, Steph. Sorry. 
No, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, and then, like, in the middle of that date, he starts, like, going through this emotional internal turmoil about, oh, I've cheated on you, and I was just like, were you guys not just, like, pen pals up till now? Was that, like, a serious commitment? Like, and they all keep jumping onto him, like, oh, you're such a villain, (laughs) and I'm like, (laughs) you're fucking scum. They were literally fucking pen pals, like, there was no commitment between them. They were really sweet to each other. But I mean, I like to think I'm kind of sweet to my friends, too, without it being like, oh, yeah, we're committed to each other. Now I'm not allowed to talk to anybody else. What the fuck is that? I think like everyone, including them, kind of knew that like that they were like Canadian dating, you know, like <laughs> what the fuck is Canadian dating? My girlfriend lives in Canada, you know. Canada, oh, yeah. gotcha. OK, OK, I oh, gotcha. <laughs> Uh, I was like, was that where you get like free healthcare? Because I'm down for Canadian dating. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, no. But yeah, so he's like goes to meet Yuka, sees Mrs. Osada, who like he doesn't know is the same person, but that makes it even more disappointing. The fact that he stops while going to this person who's functionally his girlfriend, who he knows has been missing for a while and is super upset to talk to this customer who's basically just hot doesn't know it's her <laughs> she she doesn't know it's him even though i guess she just thinks he's like mr kikuchi or whatever and then just they're both like well fuck that person i'm like chatting with right i guess we'll go on a date well and and we've got another kind of issue with her that i'm, I'm not gonna jump the timeline but i was very surprised that she showed interest in someone else we haven't gotten to that point yet but with all the things that she and kataro had like built up to that point i really assumed that that was going to be like their whole thing was going to be just missing each other this entire series but the the will they won't they forever and ever exactly yeah but man these uh these writers got some complexity in these storylines yeah and like their date is ridiculous because like it's insane. I wouldn't have the energy for all the shit that they did. I'm just going to be perfectly honest. They very meaningfully hold hands. Then they go on a steamboat ferry to a water park. That's when he's like writing a message in his head or like he messages like Yuka like mm-hmm. I don't know if this is in his head or if he actually sent her this. I'm sorry, but I fogged for somebody else. I'm, I, I'm sorry I cheated on you. Yeah, I was just like <laughs> What are you saying right now? He's looking at fish in this aquarium, like being like, oh, man, she's so beautiful. And just in his head, like, I don't deserve to call myself a man. I'm nothing but unfaithful cheater. But I love her. I love her. (laughs) I the thing I loved about this the most is that this is intercut with Fies just getting his ass beat. Ass kicked. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's one of my that's one of my notes. I literally said, are you serious? He's like having the best day of his life, getting to hang out with a pretty girl and watch dolphins. Meanwhile, homeboy over here is fighting for his life. He's fighting. He's just he's watching. They're just watching dolphins in this like shoot the rodeo shot. They're just like, ah, the dolphin show is going on. We'll stick our actors there and just shoot it from far away. So no one gets mad. Exactly. And then it just cuts back and forth. The fight is just getting he just get his <laughs> ass whipped, and then it's like and Chaco just laughing at him the whole time. 
<laughs> and it's back to them, and they're walking through a tube, and there's like nice fish around. Kato's like, mm, what a great date. Cut back. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I'm cheating on my pen pal. Oh, God, I'm about to die. Yeah, there's a pretty big dissonance between those scenes. <laughs> my last two notes for this whole plot was, but I love her. I love Osama. And that's not true. It's o- Osada. It's Osada. Yeah, Osada. <laughs> oh, then they take the dolphin show intercut with Takumi almost dying. But just he is dying there. He's getting his ass kicked. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. Um, He's not spending a day with the dolphins. That's for sure. Well, later on, he does. But that's the different <laughs> plot line. Oh. Um, so we see that um, at the rogue's house, the apartment and car they got for that they got from smart brain but like to own i guess um so when mari has brought kaido in after he collapsed and then he wakes up and asks who are you am i being mugged (laughs) no you're being robbed mugged is when i do it in the street (laughs) uh but then like she like helps him change his shirts and stuff and then he's like oh like are you like a dry cleaner you smell like soap and he's like oh well yeah well you smell like shit put the shirt on fuck face yeah, it, no, I was about to say, you really need to point that out, and David just nailed it perfectly. That's what really makes the scene, is the fact that he tries to be as nasty with her as he is with everybody else, and she's just like, yeah, shut the fuck up and change your shirt. I'm not dealing with your shit. <laughs> Mari Mar- Mar ain't having any of that shit. She's like, shut up. Exactly. Yeah. And and Mari is the tiniest, at least imposing figure in probably all of this series, but she pretty much just straight up tells him, like, I am not dealing with you right now. I don't know what your attitude is, but we're not doing it. And something that I didn't notice until they showed the flashback of the seed later is that she like is like, Oh, do you want to wear the blue shirt or the red shirt? And he picks the red shirt. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I didn't catch that either till you said it. <laughs> yeah and like while she's up there like she's getting calls from Takumi who's like what are you doing get down here we gotta go like a possessive boyfriend it's so weird yeah but um then they reach the park is the same park I'm not sure but they're in front of a merry-go-round and and like that's when Takumi's like I'm not sure if it's a good idea to meet in public or not and there's like a bunch of like weird shots of like the park and the merry-go-round and then like her classmates on like a horse and turns to dust we see Takumi like running full stop with the belt on and then he gets ambushed by Mr. J who's like a like really cool looking like crocodile dude (laughs) and like he screams and like Chaco's tied up he just like can't hurt this guy like he's like too heavily armored and all that Mm -hmm. and his kick doesn't work and he just gets beat to hell when another rider jumps down mystery riders mystery rider and this guy just makes Takumi look like a fucking chump. He really does, like, embarrass the hell out of him right there. Yeah. Which does uh, how episode 12 starts, Rusei School. So, episode 12, Rusei School, uh, starts uh, where the last episode left off with Kixa, Kaiza. I think, like, Kaiza sounds better. Um, Ka- I think it is Kaiza. Yeah, because it's, like, Kaiser mm-hmm. and, like, Ixa with fighting and right. all that, right? Mm-hmm. Kaiser. Uh, but- but yeah, um, he is black and yellow, like the song. Uh, and <laughs> he like has his own cell phone and like his own little like camera knuckle. But he also has a piece of gear that is not at all blended into technology. It's just a big X. That- it's it's a <laughs> giant ass cross gun. Right. A great weapon. It's perfect. N- no notes. 
Oh, it looks awesome. Like, so it's like a like cross that like is a like machine gun. And then he puts his like, uh, what's that thing called? A little like SIM card or like memory card yeah, yeah, from yeah. his phone in there. And a sword pops out. And he just like moves so differently. And he's just like fighting like much more of like a power type thing. And he kills Mr. J. <laughs> and then uh, there's like a lot of like cool lighting, like the lights on them really heavy. And then um, Mari runs up and says, another Fies. And then he gets an era and gets hit by shockwaves, which intrigue is coming. And then they he disappears somehow. Like they didn't really make that apparent how he got away. Like he, he's like, ah, he's getting hurt. The thing's blowing up. And then like the next scene is like he's in a, like a riverside like grass patch. And it's like, well, how did he? Did they just leave yeah. him there? Like, did he go like, ah, it hurts. And then be like, nah, I'm okay. And then run away. Like, I- <laughs> just joking, guys. I don't know. I mean, maybe it was just like, oh, and he rider jumped really far away. <laughs> sure. Yes. He, he, my planet needs me. Exactly. Um, when they get back to Catero later, he's like, what do you mean? Another five like, I'm coming next time. I want to see this stuff. <laughs> I'm tired of being left out. What Takumi says is, I mean, there was another one. He looked a little different, though. And then the kid was like, well, who is he then? And I was like, I don't know. If I knew, I would tell you. <laughs> I'll bet we find out soon, huh? Maybe, but and then um, what Takumi says is like, oh, like it probably has to do with the picture that guy sent her. And I was like, what picture of a belt? And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at our early 2000s cell phone technology of a 25 by 25 pixel JPEG. Yeah, I love how they like blew it up and like you can't see anything. It's it just it's like that's a belt. It looks Maybe? like a nightmare. Yeah, because it could have like gone through and did like the like CSI thing where like they blow it up and it's like a professional like picture from like a real camera. Right. Enhance. Yeah, I it, I legitimately looked at that and was like, okay, if you say that's a belt, I, I'm just gonna have to take your word for it. I, I clearly I don't get it. Um, over coffee, and I think talk me has juice um the cleaners talk about if mari thinks the belt and the class reunion are related and she says it was just an average elementary school class reunion about a month before i came here and like there's like these cool like black and white shots of just like them all partying and like looks a little fucked up because it's it is but uh it's like oh like we're partying and then it's like oh yeah like we met our old teacher to reminisce about elementary school uh and through these conversations we find out that she went to Rusei Academy. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, this wasn't a like regular school. It's like, yeah, it was kind of unusual. <laughs> she gets reluctant and then the lights turn off and a spotlight gets on her as mm-hmm. she recounts her backstory again. And then like Kater is like, I wasn't aware of this. Why am I always left out of things? Yeah. And I think that he very much missed the point that nobody knew any of this. Like, is she played it off very much as it's not something she'd even thought about in a while. Part of growing up, I think, is telling somebody something that happened to you growing up and then be like, wait, what? And I thought that was normal. And she's like, I thought everybody was an orphan of a company president with a ton of other kids from near fatal accidents. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we all lived in a facility. You never say I lived in a facility. Right. <laughs> I, I worked for a mystery CEO man and I lived in a facility. Ugh, yeah, yeah. We live in a facility, David. 
who who for sure, who for sure we know now has made two common writer belts. At least. That's not suspect. At least. I I, I don't know. I just have a feeling we're we're due for more. I, I think we're gonna see at least a couple more in our journey here. She mentioned that we also moved to a special school that he started. And that's when like they start to theorize is maybe like reach out to the other kids that your CEO dad like adopted and see if they got belts. And then <laughs> he makes fun of Katero for texting. He's like, what's more important than this? And he's like, oh, sorry, but I'm Katero and I have my own problems. Too many girlfriends. <laughs> and then he gets like super jealous immediately. He's like, You've got two girlfriends and I don't even have <laughs> so one. He's like, I don't even have one. <laughs> and then like immediately like what Takumi like says though is like wait isn't Yuka like enough how can you cheat on her just like that and just be happy with your pen pal at that point they like ask Mari about it because she's been like more distracted <laughs> like on the phone and stuff she's just like scum 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 <laughs> yeah it's very dramatic scene I, lo- I love Takumi's reaction though he like looks at her and then he just like slowly shuffles out of the scene he's like oh exactly <laughs> but the next morning Takumi sees like these bad vibes and says let's go to Mari and they go to meet with the crew in the RV but uh, let's talk about them first actually um cause they're just a Winnebago driving around looking for places to cook meth mm-hmm. <laughs> and a bunch of like young people in outfits with flashlights are like just calling out for like two different dudes like Nishida and maybe his last name but they're like what they find is that here's Kaiser face down in a field and they like take his belt off and like abort the henshin and then he's like oh Mr. Masuda I did it I beat the Orphanook and then he dies I love how sometimes like they're just willing to put these like suits in a field or in a some mud oh man they get they get these suits Ugh. dirty in this set of episodes yeah they do yeah it's it what's weird to me though is you have to like you see it later on down the line but that rv is so small you can't tell me that like when they found those two dudes just like on the verge of cashing it in they weren't just a little bit relieved like oh god that's so much more space in this tiny rv now i get top bunk yeah, exactly. Like, oh, thank God we went from having a space that literally only fits three people comfortably and 12 people to now only having 10 people. Yes. Um, and the next thing that they do is like talk about the power of the belt and how it's like been killing people. Because well, with the like Fi's belt, you can't wear it. It'll fly off you with this belt. It's like, OK, this is going to really screw you up, but you can do it. Yes. Yeah. You can do it once. And later on, this crew gets the call from Mari and goes to meet her. But before we get back there, uh, let's talk about the uh, two other plot lines episode. First, Chaco is sad. <laughs> and then the dust that was Mr. J gets taken away by the wind before it like reverses and he like reforms as Chaco comes up to him, like licking him. And he says, Chaco. Chaco. <laughs> so... Is this a power that all Orphanox have or just Mr. J? I think just him because they like comment on it. Yeah, they specifically say like, oh, he's got three lives. So it's like, okay, does other they don't. Well, I had a kind of like weird association and I don't know if this is anything or not, but 
I wondered if Chaka was almost like a um, like a totem or a palimpsest or something for him. Kind of like the same way that we later get the guy that like holds up his book of poetry and that's where so much of his like bullshit comes from. I don't know. I, it was just kind of like a... Uh, they got they got like an item of power. Right, yeah. Like something like this is what draws me back or whatever. I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm just kind of theorizing as I went. <laughs> or for knock magical focus. Right, exactly. Hey, Takumi, kick his dog. He'll get weak. <laughs> It'll be so funny. Just do it once. A puppy? <laughs> I definitely think that there's definitely... It's very funny to me, like to say, like, oh, we're the next evolution in human. And also, you evolved to have three lives. <laughs> what? That, that's pretty good. As long as you have, like, your Papillon dog with you, like, that's the condition. <laughs> it's just so confusing. There's definitely more mysticism, I think, to the powers than I remember. Because there's, like, oh, like, a power that comes up later. And, like, like all the stuff that, like, I think the next scene is actually, like, they're talking about, like, their king, like, the Orphanock king. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's definitely less X-Men shit going on than I remember. And more. <laughs> more mystical bullshit. Yeah. But, uh. The Lucky Clover crew and the Prez have an early coffee. And that's when Takuma's like, it's a shock that Mr. J could be defeated. And then, like, the president says, with the reputation for being the strongest among the Orphanox, this is shocking. And then, like, the bartender's like, it's okay. He has three lives, so that's two more chances. <laughs> and, like, that's where the Prez says, the job's not done. Both of those belts were made for our king, and we must retrieve them no matter what. Then, uh, to the rogues, um... Kiba goes to Yuka, who's been on that swing set for days. I don't know. Who knows? I think so. Yeah. That's just where she lives now. Yeah. And he says, like, enough already. Come back. What she says is, when I'm there, Kaido gets angry. And Kiba says, he's a child and hurting people is his way of clinging to himself. And then he's like, also, do you like him? She's like, yeah. She's like, oh, fucking 17 year olds. Am I right? <sighs> yeah, but that's what I was talking about. Like, it. that was my first, huh? Because I really thought that Kitaro was her number one guy, so to just be like, oh, that's why she chases that dude around so much was a shock because they're just two d different personalities. She's extremely 17. Yeah, that's what true. I'll say. Despite the fact that, yeah, like, I don't know, to me, she presents as like way older, but yeah, I forgot. She was definitely, definitely. She was definitely in high school. <laughs> she was definitely in high school, officer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the defense you think it is. <laughs> Sir, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let's go down to the station. We'll talk about this some more. Which is what happens to Kiba when Smart Lady pulls up, and I love how she has the sports car so much. This feels mm -hmm. like an unnecessary expense for the show to have her have it more than once, but I love it. Yeah, I do too. I also love how he's just completely indifferent to her. Like you can tell her character plays off as someone who's used to like when she speaks, people listen. And for him to be such, like, a docile character, for the most part anyway, and to just treat her like whatever you say, it's just hilarious. Like, she has the best reactions to him. She tries saying something like, oh, like, something unpleasant happened. She's like, and then she's like, puts her thumb over her, like, throat, like, execution. <laughs> Which, true, you saw what Kaido was doing. I mean, that would be unpleasant. <laughs> and... And he's just like, I've already died before. I give a fuck. Def 2. This time it's permanent. <laughs> um, 
but to get back to uh, the main plot line with Mari and stuff, um, she talks to one of the girls when they meet up. And the one name to know is uh, the girl in pink slash the one that survives <laughs> is, is, is named Rena. She's back like a few times, but she's talking with Mari to basically say, why did their dads send them both belts? And why did this one guy send me like a picture of the belt? And then there's like, oh, it's the it's this new gear call. She shown us, oh, it's the Kixa gear. And it was like sent to the guy who died using it. And that's the fate of any person who uses the belt. Mm-hmm. And let me get like um, some shots of like children playing and like stuff. And there's like very ominous music. And then um, they find out that Takumi has been transforming into Fies, but had no side effects. And they're like, okay, I guess the belts have different properties. And there's just like this one guy in like a shirt that's like ambient, like with an M. <laughs> says, yeah. <laughs> he's real suspicious. So Takumi leaves so they can all talk. And then well, um, he pretends to leave. Yeah, he follows them when they're in their bago. The uh, the camera shows him driving off to like a certain point and then he'd like immediately turns around. He's not a uh, he's not letting this one go. No, but the bago crew tells Mari that they haven't been able to contact everyone and that there's something weird that's on the card they wrote for their teacher. There's Kusaka's name on it, despite the fact that he was never there at the reunion. Mm-hmm. And then um, the teacher says, run as they run into into Mr. J who like comes at them and like shoots like his tendrils through the windows and gets him and then like just keeps like, killing them because he's like that good at this. But um they um have one guy to try transforming, but he gets a, his ass kicked and then like gets destroyed by the belt. So Takumi <laughs> shows up and fights, and then like, his bike shows up and transforms and fights, and they like then run Mr. J off. And then the teacher dies while saying that something happened to them all at the night of the reunion. My my note is literally okay. Matsuda's kind of a jerk for that unresolved secret on his death. There, like that's bullshit. Yeah, because he's so slow about saying it too. You kids, oh, guess we'll never know. Like, god damn it, come on. That's just the way it is. I think just like uh, sometimes when you're old man, you get stabbed. I guess. Well, you you go when you gotta go. Well, then I'm just never gonna be an old man. I think that's best for me. I think you pull it off, Steph. Okay, well, I'm going to chase my dreams one way or the other, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, episode 13, friend or foe? Um. Oh. <laughs> so. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> what's, what's not to say here? Yeah. Um, this episode actually had a lot, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's there's so much stuff that goes on. Um, How does this episode start? I'm looking at it. So ambient guy now says that the belt's cursed and everyone who uses it will die. Right, okay. Yeah. So they basically decide after uh, Takami kind of saves them, they're like, ah, you know, like, sorry, we thought you were shady as shit, even though we were also being shady as shit. Um, but we need to go find out who this this uh, Kasuka dude is. And he's, he's at this school, or like he's going to college somewhere. And... <laughs> They they go to this college and they're like consistently harassing this this like one one dude at like the fencing club and yeah. they're harassing him and they're like they're like ah oh, you kind of like what the fuck like why won't you help this and he's like I don't know what you're talking about lady like who the hell are you and she's like oh he's just he's just trying to play shady like he didn't want to show up 
at the reunion and he didn't show up now. So he's just being like, oh, it's it's not me. And there's this recurring thing of this this other character who seems to be like the captain of every club at this goddamn college. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like he's in fencing club and then he's in riding club and then he's the captain of the tennis team. And then it's like, OK, um, but, but there's a great scene where um, Takumi goes to like the tennis club and he gets like a, a serve shot at him and he catches it in the air and he's like, ah, oh, he, he like does all this serious stuff. And he's like, I'm going to serve this ball. And he goes to serve this ball and he realizes I don't know how to play tennis. And then he, <laughs> he misses the ball completely. It lands behind him. He just hands the racket back to the guy and turns around and just leaves. Doesn't say a word. And, and then everyone on the tennis court is like, the fuck what was the that? Fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He like swings, he swings way before the ball that just smiles at them as it falls down and just leaves. Just good. This was some change around humor. He looks so proud of himself too. Like he just like won the World Cup or something. It is incredible how proud of himself he is till he sees it bounce next to him. And then he just shrugs and walks off. Like I, I really liked Kumi. <laughs> yeah. Um he gets separated from Mari and Katero because when they're at the school directory, um, someone comes up to the office lady like working there and is like, hey, I can't leave since there's a bike on my car. A stupid bike. It's a stupid looking bike. And then Mari's like, it's not your bike. He's like, yeah, I'll catch up later. <laughs> um, and the flashback to like Mari as a kid helping Kusika and stuff and like Oh, and like I always took care of him. Real, real common writer hours here. So they keep harassing this one guy because his, his name is also uh, Kasuka. Kasuga. Kasuga. And he's like, uh, what's his name? Like Kasuga Makoto? Kasuga Hikiro. No, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. The, uh, the actual Kasuga that we want to talk about. His name is Kasuga Masato. Masato, Masato. And the, so the other guy that's named also Kasuga, his last name. He's like, no, he's like, he's like, I'm Kasuga Ichiro. And they're like, wait, what? He's like, no, the person you're looking for is like that dude over there. And then he pulls off the fencing helmet and it's the guy who's the captain of every club in the world. And they're like, oh, shit. So Takumi has like had it on with this dude the entire day, like just getting in his way because he always happens to just go to the same club that this guy is at and annoy him i love horseback riding right <laughs> he steps in poo and then like he just says something like oh make sure like a horse doesn't like break your head open or something yeah, yeah crack your skull open but yeah so they're like oh shit okay um so <laughs> they're like well you have to you have to tell us what's going on and takumi decides he's gonna have a he's gonna have a sports contest to defend his honor. This actually happens before they find out it's the wrong, the wrong guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so they're like, Oh, like I'll like, be in his place and I'll be at her yep. place. I love Takabi will always talk shit to somebody. He knows that is an expert or something. He doesn't know how to do mm-hmm. and face them in it. Be good. I think that's why it's so funny. The relationship that he has with Mari, because Mari completely calls him out on that constantly. 
Like, I, I feel like whenever she tells him he's being a child, that's exactly what she's saying. Like, you just rush into things blindly without even considering how much of a disadvantage you're at. Whether it's eating ramen or fighting a monster that's twice your size, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, they, they're fencing, they're, they're fencing, and uh, Takumi just gets fucking destroyed. Like, he had no chance. Like, zero percent. And, uh, yeah. Then an Orphanoc decides to show up and uh, Takumi's like, oh, well, I got to go fight it. But as he's leaving, he he attempts to trip the guy and then like looks at him like, ah, I almost got you. And then, like, le- and then leaves. It's like, what the fuck? And like the way that like the Bago crew gets attacked by Mr. J just being behind the door without anybody realizing. Right. It's a great moment. It's so, so goofy. What? Oh, and this is like where Kaido is the most. Oh, where Kaido goes goes full Akira. Okay, we want to talk <laughs> about this plot line. So while all of this is going on, right, is that Kaido in the previous episode had met Mari, and Mari just kind of like had put him in his place. Like he he's trying to put on like the the tough guy act, and she's like, "I don't got time for your shit. Shut up." He's like, "Okay, yes, mommy." So. <laughs> <laughs> So now he's like, Yuka, let's go on a date. And she's like, what? Uh, okay. But he's like, r- tra- he's like trying to fucking speed run dating. He's like, uh, what do you do on a date? Just any percent. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Any percent speed run on, on dating. He's like, what do you do on a date? Ah, you go for tea. It's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. They get to the tea and he's like, it's good. It's good. She's like, yeah, it's good. And he's like, drink chug, it, drink chug, it, chug. drink it faster, faster, drink it faster. <laughs> okay, you done? Yeah, okay, next place. They just get up and like run away. Like, uh, what else did you do on a date? Uh, you go to do whatever. I don't, the, the park. park. Yeah, you, we need to go find a park to go on the swings or something. And she's like, what is going on? I, I love this. This is probably one of my favorite like series of scenes through what we watched this time because I love his like, redirecting all of his manic energy into being the most psychotic version of a date that you could possibly be. Like I I laughed probably the entire time because he's just so intense about it. I love too how just like uh, he goes to the bathroom and while he goes to the bathroom another another pair of rapists show up. Oh, right in the park. <laughs> the the fucking he's like I got to take a piss. <laughs> he's like don't commit murder while I'm taking a leak. <laughs> And she's just sitting on a swing, and then he see, she sees like this girl, like a high school girl, getting harassed by the you know the Tokyo roving rape gangs as they are. Um, Everybody's outfits are immaculate; like her yep. glasses are gigantic. Yep. One dude's wearing like a weird like two thousand bucket hat. It's always a dude in a beanie. Yeah. It always. Right? So they're like, Which triggers me personally because I wear those as soon as the weather gets cold until it warms back up again. Like that is my headdress of choice. So yeah, being painted as a uh, sex pest is very <laughs> problematic for me personally. <laughs> so like she fucking shows up and she's like, ah, run away. And they're like, oh, what are you going to do? Take her place? And she just like looks at them and just instantly murders them. <laughs> Kaido comes back. He's like, oh, okay, I'm done taking a shit. You ready to go? And she's like, yep. They they like pan zoom out and there's just two corpses in the bushes in the park face down. <laughs> it's brilliant. I love that for her. 
this is trying to do a lot different than change around but some of the like humor is there even with like dark humor it is very yeah it's, it's very dark but it is very change around and when they leave the restaurant though ah <sighs> <sighs> kaido He's like, oh, you know, he's like, she's like, okay, you got to explain like what the hell is going on. This is the weirdest shit I've ever been on. And he's like, oh, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better at dating because there's a girl I like. And she's like, oh, yeah, really? And he's like, yeah, it's not you. Bye. (laughs) She is like the worst treated character in this entire series. Like, honestly, everybody is so shit to her. Look, I've been like 18, 19 absolutely told somebody that I was just practicing and right. it's terrible. It, it's a terrible moment. You should never do it. <laughs> Turns out if you ever have to tell somebody that you're just practicing, they like you a lot more than you like them. And you're about <laughs> to find out. And you're also about to experience uh, somebody turning into a monster on you. And you had no clue that they had that ability. So, you know, take your risks as you will. Her heart just breaks. The heart breaks. You turn into a kaiju. I mean, it happens. Um, but the main plot though, uh, is now they go to the Winnebago crew because they have a monster right. there, and that's when that's when things happen. Plot happens. Yeah, plot does happen. Um, so <laughs> the one guy is like, "Oh, we're getting attacked," and and of course, Takami shows up and he starts fighting Mister J, but like he's not doing super well. And he gets jumped by a second mm-hmm. orphanoc, and you know, then it's two on one. And he's like, ah, it's like I'm getting my ass beat. And the one guy, the one guy left. So there's uh, the lady and the last guy. The last guy's like, oh, I'm gonna put on the belt and go fight. And then he's like, I can't do it. And then Kasuga <laughs> shows up. He's like, give me that belt. He puts it on. And he turns into the the mystery rider, and he starts fighting. And of course. He's, you know, like the captain of every sports team. So he just like makes quick work of these dudes. I will say that um, I know we're going to ask later, but his finishing move here is probably one of my favorite things that I've ever seen, not only in this show, but in Toku, period. He's pretty cool. Yes, I, it is just so well executed. I, sorry to jump ahead, but I got really excited when we started I mean, talking about it. It, it is it is an awesome fight because like they're actually like in the river and they're like fighting in the water and they're mm-hmm. getting dirty in the yeah, mud. It's like it's actually beautiful. Great. Like you can yeah. tell that they're like, OK, we want to make this realistic. We don't just want to like continually fight on safe ground and, and whatever. And so that when they actually like fight in the water and get the suit dirty and it's like, yeah, cool. Like, awesome. Like they they went there. Yeah. And like. He just like shoots one to death, then like pulls his sword out, like and like his finisher is a net, and then he makes an X in the air and like runs into it, like he's like doing like the kick, but that it's his sword. Uh, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's so good, and he just like cuts him open. It's so good. It's so good. Yes. <laughs> Part of the reason that the show is so popular is that it is cool as hell. It is pretty cool. Yeah. And you know, he just does rule of cool. Like it doesn't it doesn't even make sense to do this, but he just holds the sword in a reverse grip because he's he's using mm-hmm. the upper half as a gun, so he has to be able to aim it that way. But it just looks cool yeah. as hell. It really does. And they stare down as they're being watched by the other two members of Lucky Clover. And then he de transforms his hide Amari while being all heroic. 
in the exact same way that she she uh, helped him. Mm-hmm. But he s- stares down Takumi as the episode ends because nothing's wrong with him. Um, one to fourteen, then David. Sure. So after the fight, the RV crew and Takumi's crew basically come together to have a little discussion about what's going on, and they're like, "Oh, Kasuga, are you okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." What like what's the issue? And they don't they don't outwardly tell him, but they're like. He's the only one who's put on that belt and just hasn't immediately died after taking it off. Mm-hmm. And it didn't air out and kill them. It's weird how they sidestep it for a while, too. Like, it'd almost feel like that'd be the first thing you'd tell him. Like, dude, you're the one who could do this. And immediately. I think they might explain it, actually. They might. Yeah. I, I don't think they do, though. I don't think they, they say specifically, but yeah. Um. After that, immediately, like, uh, Keitaro and Mari are like, come live with us. You're better than Takumi. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just get rid of that guy. We don't yeah. need him anymore. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> guy's a fucking dick. Get rid of him. <laughs> Takumi's feeling a little bit inadequate because Kasuga is just so much better at basically everything. And he has a cooler suit. Sorry. <laughs> He's nicer. He has a sword. Yep. I mean, Fize has a sword. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, Takumi is also the only one that catches that there's kind of something off about the dude. Yeah, he's a little bit weird, right? Yeah, they really play it as, you know, Takumi kind of being just like a dick about the whole situation, which definitely that's part of it. Like, you can see that, that there's some envy there, but also, like, he sees there's something that's not adding up here with this dude's personality, so... I, I like that they've made it a little bit more complex than just, oh, I'm mad because he's better than me at, like, fencing. Right. The first way they show this is, like, he's got a quirk where, like, he's always washing his hands when he touches mm-hmm. stuff for people. He's very he's very cleanly. Yeah. And this was, like, obviously pre-pandemic, so it was a lot more noticeable thing for somebody to be constantly, like, wiping their hands off like that. It's weird germaphobe stuff. And, like, just... <laughs> He says everything they want to hear. Like, he says, like, oh, like, I would love to, like, protect people. And, like, oh, oh, like, Takumi, like, you're my senior. I'll follow your lead. Yeah, it's really saccharine. Like, in that way that you know someone's kind of, like, trying too hard. And, yeah, um, at one point, Takumi says, you're always cleaning your hands. Are you greasy or something? (laughs) (laughs) Takumi doesn't give a fuck. I love that about him. He is who he is. Uh, my other thing with this is I think if I'm if my timeline is correct, isn't this one where like Kaido admits that he's in love with Mari and like starts pursuing her like in earnest? Yeah, I, I hadn't I hadn't got around to that. But yeah, he, he does. He's like, sorry, I didn't. I, I keep jumping. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Um, yeah, there's like this set of episodes. So much stuff goes on. Um, it's so wild. Yeah. So. <laughs> Let's talk about that. So Kaido, <laughs> he has just this, this weird manic energy and he's great. And he's he's mm-hmm. very much like the standout character for me for these set of episodes. Um, but he he's like chasing Mari and like bringing her flowers at like a the weirdest spot. Like he's just like in he's on a bike in like the middle of the street and they're waiting at like a stoplight. And he's like. Oh, I finally found you. Like, here's flowers. Like, you want to go on a date? Like, let's go get tea or whatever. And she's like, <laughs> get on the bike, look forward, 
turn left. <laughs> and then he like, he's like, okay, yes, mommy. And then he turns left and he's like, hey, wait a second. He turns around. She's just fucking gone. My favorite line in this entire series is when he goes, why do I keep doing what she says? Oh, this must be what love feels like. Like he just is going through all these emotions and then he just accepts it like, okay, well, I guess I got to keep chasing her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just <laughs> he is. He's chaos. Like he is pure unbridled chaos. And I love that about him. And like, um, he leaves to do this by just like leaving in the middle of like when Kiba's like, hey, like at Smart Brain, they might hunt me down. Like, you guys don't have to follow my lifestyle. And he's like, I don't care. But <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, I love that part, too, because Kiba was like, hey, I'm, I'm still talking. And he was just like, yep, bye. But um, for Mari and Kuzuka, here's like where they're talking on their own while Takumi's just like talking with like Kato and he's like, I'm scratching my itchy butt. <laughs> the next scene is when Takumi's at the cleaners reading the magazine, maybe? Yes. And and Kazuga's there and he's he's just so much better at ironing than Takumi. And he like he he's really he's really feeling inadequate because this guy is just so much better than him at like literally everything. So he's like, well, what the hell? He's like, oh, you're not doing it wrong. Or he's like, you're doing it wrong. You're not ironing. You're using you're being too gentle with your wrist. And he immediately grabs it and puts a fucking hole in the dress shirt. And he's like, whoops. Um, But yeah, like he. I feel like I'm skipping over a lot here, but like there's very, very much like a tension between those two where like they they have not liked each other from the get go. And it's just it's just turned up more and more as they spend more time together. And it's I I don't know that you're necessarily skipping over things so much as just this set of episodes. We've got these very specific plot mm -hmm. lines, but they're like burning slowly over the course of all these episodes. I feel like we all probably think we're missing things right. but it's not that it's just that there's a lot of like exposition in between all these major plot points so yeah that's true yeah i think that's more of just like a kind of how these episodes played out as opposed to like maybe how we took notes <laughs> or interpreted or whatever and, and the dramas are tets. yeah it is yeah that's true so let's uh, the only other thing i really have about this episode is kaido gets kind of confronted by one of the other guys from uh the clover bar <laughs> <laughs> the human centipede and he's like hey uh he's like you're on our fucking shit list now and he's like what why and he's like oh you're you're a traitor orphanoc and he's like okay sure whatever and the guy's like oh if you if you become like if you take the Orphanox powers to like their logical conclusion, you can use them even in human form. And he like pulls out his book of poetry and shoots a laser beam at, at Kaido. So Kaido transforms and goes to fight him. And this man mm -hmm. just blocks a straight up like power punch from Kaido with a book. Oh, it, it was so good, but it was so frustrating Like because I was totally on Kaido's side at that point. I really wanted him to just give that like arrogant fuck one good punch, but it was so good for it to be blocked by that tiny book of poetry. I, I couldn't even do anything. Well, um, his beam that he throws at like Kaido is he takes words from the book and turns them into an energy ball with the words flying around. Is that what he does? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It it was like a, uh, what is that? Like the, was that Dragon Ball Z? 
where we just take that big force of energy and like spear bomb. But like with poetry, it's awesome. So I was thinking like Linda Ellerby, like Nick News, like the whole like globe logo they had with all the words in it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but yeah, true. Um, but like he is just like, I'm so much more powerful than you. Like I like how needs to transform. And yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of stoked to excuse me see what the big battle is with him, just because I feel like we're leading to a point where you're going to start to see like more like bigger types of attacks from these more elite monsters. So I'm I'm very like looking forward to all these future battles because things just keep ramping up every time we get one. And these last couple have been really cool. Kaido gets helped by Kiba, by Kiba and, and Yuka. Yuka who show up and like they make Takuma transform, but he also like is still owning the ball. Like, yeah, he, he like gets hit once. He gets hit once, right. but he he's literally this time actually whipping their ass. Yeah, like that's true. He has absolutely no problem beating all three of them by himself. Doesn't break a sweat. And um, he does the like rider tradition of like when you're beat up and he hits Kiba so hard he goes flying into a like river his <laughs> ass into the river he also tells Yuka hey you're not on the blacklist like we know you'd be killing people yeah which is a big shocker for her I mean she has been nonchalantly murdering people she just maybe hasn't come to terms with that yeah it's it's weird though because you can tell that it's like such a deep psychological thing for her that you want to empathize. But on the other hand, you have to remember, like, she's already done more than anybody else within her little friend group has because she yeah. does. Even if it's for a good reason, she will kill a human. She doesn't give a fuck. So, yeah, we're starting to get into some weird territory here with that. And I, I like it. Like, I like the fact that we're kind of having like this little ethics debate over when it is and isn't OK. It's kind of like the what we do in the shadows. There's like a bunch of like children vampires that like kill pedophiles. It's <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, oh, as long as people try to assault me. Exactly. Like as long as you can uh, it, it just in some small part of my brain, make it so I can moralize this. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. The only problem is, and I'm not saying this because I know if it does or does not happen. But if she ends up like making a like a like sex pest, <laughs> as a person said, into a monster with powers. Yeah, that could be bad, oh, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't really have control over that, do they? Like they don't get to ch- choose who turns into an orphan or not. They just do. No. Yeah, it's it's very much like this. Uh, Well, you've got like a 50 50 shot, but actually seems to be more like 98 two shot just from what we've seen so far yeah most people die yeah yeah so uh takami is also in this episode at the end of the episode he's fighting fucking ll cool j and he is just beating his ass like this time like fies shows up to you know you know have a good fight and he just he just gets beat like brutally and Kaija shows yeah. up and Kitaro's like, oh, God, like, oh, good. You're, you're here to help. And, he, and you know, he shows up, he transforms, he punches uh, Jay once. And then Takumi, being the idiot that he is, 
He's like, don't help me. I don't like you. Go away. And he's like, okay, Ugh. fine. So Kazuga, who just like doesn't like him, he just goes, he does. Yeah. Okay. And he just leaves. And of course, Takumi gets beat up and gets tossed in the fucking river along with Kiba at the end of the episode. I'm I'm sorry. I like Takumi, but did you really blame him for just being like, fuck it. You think you can do it on your own? Yep. Go ahead. Like I, I had the like, I like him. But on the other hand, I was just like, well, you know, you think you're the superhero here. Go for it, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was kind of cheering it along the whole time. Two scenes that like happen here that are like interesting, like too, is that like we see the relationship between like Takumi and like Kusuka like break down in the middle of the episode when like Kusuka like comes in to like do dry cleaning. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's when like he's getting questioned by Takumi and like horror music is playing. And then like he finally like breaks his smile once or twice. And then that's when like we see like Mari and like Kedera like come back and like, oh, have lunch. But like he's starting to look scary for a minute. Um, that's when we like you kind of get the small hint of it when they're talking about that card. But that's where when Takumi is really like pushing at him, that's where you start to see like what he's been talking about this entire time. Like. Mm-hmm. Something shifty is happening here, but I think that that's one of the things that I enjoyed the most was they played it like such a quick moment because, like you said, like Mari comes in right after that, so they have to go back to being just you know, if not jovial, at least like friendly with each other, like getting along at least, and you like see that mask come right back up instantly. It's like such a great bit of acting with all of them there. Yeah. That scene leads into their lunch where like they're all having like some curry and salad and then Takumi has like a school lunch, like <laughs> red rice with a flag on top, like some like cut up hot dogs, some spaghetti, a like apple and like some flan. Yep. Looks like some flan. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, how can I eat this? With his rice, it reminded me of, uh, oh God, what was the one we watched not too long ago where it had the conductor that always wanted that uh, exact same rice? Yes. <laughs> I I immediately had like deno flashbacks and I was like, oh shit, is he going to try and balance that? And, you know, I had to remember where I was, but still it was fun. And like the way like he grabs his plate and is like, how can I eat this? Like jiggling the flan in the camera. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the last episode, oh, um, episode 14 was called Takumi Spirit. And the last episode, episode 15, The Fallen Idol, Fies versus Kixa. Um, Kedero gets Takumi's belt and is saved because Jay's hurt and leaves. And then he starts looking on the riverside with Kuzuka. And then, like, he's looking, but, like, Kuzuka's like, oh, my hands are dirty. Just, like, barely looks like he's, like, paying any, like, any attention. <laughs> um, But then they come to this, like, spot where, like, some boats are docked. And they, like, see, like, a little, like, guy is, like, on, like, the back of a boat. And they go around, and then, like, that's what Kidder was like, oh, it's Kiba. Why is he here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird. Kuska asked, oh, you know him? And the Kidder's like, yeah, but why is he here? He's like, okay, well, hang on. And then they, like, grab him. And um, that leads to um, Kuska taking him to, the, like, the, like, laundromat and, like, watching mm-hmm. him. Like, he like very clearly knows that this guy is an orphanock. Right. Yeah. I don't think he does yet. I think he's just like, man. Is he just an asshole? He's just like a sadistic motherfucker. 
No comment. <laughs> I'll find out next I time. I feel like he's probably some oh, weirdo murderer. <laughs> like he gives me he gives me serial killer vibes. Yeah. Especially because of how sweet he keeps saying, I'm saying. Yeah, he kind of changes why on a dime. Takumi fucking nailed it, yeah, because he was just like, okay, this is all too good to be true. And then the dude just like slowly peeling back layers, and he's like, yep, see, I told you, bitches. Okay, so quick tangent on Kohi Murakami, uh, the actor. He is one of the most popular and reoccurring actors in Toku of the last 20 years. Which one is he? I'm sorry. Kasuga. Okay, gotcha. Uh, but he is in this show and like in like a bunch of other shows, like whenever they like have like a video game and they're like, oh, like want to come do a voice? He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> He's in the years after this show becomes best friends with Itoe and there's a bunch of pictures of them like grilling and drinking beers and like in like cat ears and stuff. Oh, cute. Uh, yeah. Um, he is credited with getting a Hello Kitty collaboration for Comic Rider. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. The biggest common rider holiday is a, uh, in fact, Kaiser Day, um, on oh. every September thirteenth. It's bigger than Fi's Day. Okay, so <laughs> let's just say this guy has some more to do uh, to earn that fandom. Is all I'll say. Okay, but just yeah. Should we have a party episode for September thirteenth? I mean, we could absolutely. I mean, why not? We don't celebrate enough holidays on the show is what I've always said. I mean, yeah, uh, we like celebrate Christmas and Halloween, I guess. But that's about it. Yeah. Eh, who knows? But he just ignores Kiba. I love it. As he's like rising in pain, including like when he's like asking for water. He just like lets him drop the water, then throws a towel and is like, clean that up, would you? Clean that up. I, yeah, I, I really like like actually getting to see the side of him. And like, kind of, because he's so casual about it, like you don't even see like any like real anger or malice behind it. He's just like, yeah, you're fucking pathetic. It's just so good. And they have like a meal later where he just like lies. Is like, oh, Kiba's all right. Like he was like fine if he left on his own. It wasn't as bad as it looked. Yeah. Call it a second. Dude's fucked. I love it. Yeah. The cut took a plot line. Um, she's talking to Takuma at the start of the episode where she learned she's not. All- on the blacklist so like her her green projection comes out which they cut hired not show boobs <laughs> and he's like okay my book and leave and then like that's when Kaido asks she's good and she says yeah where's Kiba and they go looking um and they eventually find him and they're like who's this guy upside down in the water face down and it's like oh it's Takumi <laughs> but Kaido knows that he's Fies right that's why he's like ah just yes. leave his ass there yeah yeah Though based on his track record, he might just be like that. That's fair. Also true. Yeah. And then um, they kind of have a little back and forth about it. Like you can tell she's hesitant to leave him there and she almost follows him. But then she like kind of thinks better of it and goes back and, and she's just and he. What is it? He says, like, I'll go keep searching for Kiba and you go ahead and like take care of this. That's kind of how like they resolve that scene. Then her thing is, okay, I do have an apartment I could take him to. What about this abandoned factory? Right. With a dirty fucking mattress on the floor. Oh, I was so grossed out when I saw that. Just to say, I think that, no offense, nobody should have to deal with weird cat collars. I think if you go to the abandoned mattress Uh, factory, uh, you might have to 
take some credit there. Yeah, you kind of have to just accept your surroundings at that point. So Takumi's shirtless on the mattress and her pullovers on him and like he's covered in bruises and like she's tending his wounds and, and like she's thinking of how smart lady said she hates humans and she's like, oh no, I don't. And she's like, I'm just going to touch this guy's abs and be 17 and feel good. She thinks to herself, I'll try to change. I'll try to love humans. Then that's when Takabi wakes up and is like, who is she? She's like, it's okay. I'll save you. I'll be right by your side. And like it's shot like we only see her lower face. So there's like some like tension there. Then he just falls back to sleep, though. Yeah, it almost looks like they're painting her as like he's seeing her as an angel or something like a savior mm. figure. She does have wings, so. That's true. Yeah, I, I, this is uh, honestly this episode is so great, it, especially because of this like series of shots, because you just finally get to see so much introspection, like with the type of person that she is, and like her struggle and everything. It's so just great the way the whole thing is laid out. And to show this, a bunch of punk bikers show up, including like a girl in a pink helmet. As they do. This is this is why I mentioned the biker gangs at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Because this was a thing. Yeah. This was definitely that. Yeah. And they're all like, oh, like we don't take like to like people take our stuff. Uh, like rent date cheap, babe. Uh, <laughs> not not the dirty mattress. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was like. What stuff? Like, I'll give you the nickel for this. Are you serious? That's the mattress I do my bad touch on. Only the bad yeah. touch. Though. There's a separate one for the good touch. Oh, uh, but. <laughs> She like transforms like instead of being like gray, it's like a white feathery form. It's like really cool because she just like turns her wings in like big swords and cuts them all in half. Oh, and she's like it shows like her even transformed like with tears coming down her face the whole time. Yeah. So it's so, I mean, it's so good because it's literally showing you like she feels like she has no other choice. It's just like, oh, such such a good visual representation of her struggle. Ugh, I loved it. So good. And they match those tears on her face after she's transformed. Yeah. Like, okay, here's how it looked in the suit. Yes. Really good. Um, yeah. And Takumi sees is like, oh, what's up? And then like, he's trying to say, oh, like you're like an orphan. But she like runs away before. And then she like runs into Katero. And then like Takumi shows up and he's like, hey, what's up? You're good, Takumi, huh? <laughs> And he does not question. He's like, oh, talk to me. You're good. And I just saw this hot girl. Great day for me. (laughs) Yeah, that's like his dream day right there. Yeah. And like we get like Yuka in stop motion, like running like she's running as the like sun setting into Kiba, who's like running away from like being abused by like (laughs) Kusika. It's so much. He asked her if something happened. She's like, oh, no, I'm just glad you're okay. That's why I'm crying. Which is so weird because, like, Kiba's been the nicest to her probably out of anybody here. So why is he the only guy she doesn't have a crush on at this point? He's too brotherly, I think. I guess. Her plotline has more, but the most important part before it intersects with more people is, like, they're all back in the apartment now. And, like, Kaido's saying, like, he doesn't want to, like, give up on living and, like, live in fear Mm -hmm. and goes to leave. Um, And then she, like, confesses her love to him. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. Told you I didn't like you, dummy. He doesn't believe her. <laughs> I quite literally yelled at you to never come near me again. What is happening here? Poor Yuka. <laughs> I, she cannot catch a break. She cannot. I, I literally, one of my notes is, 
she has a absolutely beautiful form when she transforms, but she can't catch a fucking break in this series. Mm. What's happening at the Clover Bar? Oh, like we see Takuma get like some more drink and there's like this weird scene of like when he gets there, like Saiko goes to the glass wall and puts her hand in the waterfall and like follows him. Okay. Mm. Cool. Okay. Yeah. She likes the art guy. Yeah. And then he gets a new red book of poetry. He's like, another volume awaits. And doesn't that volume literally say like new book of poetry or something? I remember looking at yeah. it and thinking that is the most obvious title I've ever seen in my life. He's reading Yeats, which is such a yes, you would do that. <gasps> exactly. Yeah, that's that's very much a pretentious American thing right there. I don't know. That seems par, f- you know, with a new to have some pretentious shit. Oh, yeah, that does. Yeah. Yeah. If that's what you're going for. Absolutely. Um, but he crossed over next where he's hunting down Kaido. But before this, we get more tense meals at the cleaners. When Takumi is like, hey, you should give up on this girl you like. Like your pen pals enough. And they're all like mad at him. Like, you're an asshole. Stay out of this. And like Mari's like, you've said enough. Even though Kaido's a dirty cheater, he could be who we want to. <laughs> <laughs> even though he's an absolute scumbag yeah uh, gotta love her style though she's not gonna let like any dig go undigged she's she's gonna make sure that you know exactly how she feels about you and that leads like to the most inauthentic Kuzuka moment where he's just like oh like talk to me like I can like lend you my ear if you want to talk about something and then he's like do orthodox have souls and he's like what are you even talking about of course they don't <laughs> and so like Kaido is like following the van to win over Mari and that's when he gets like uh, when he gets like attacked by the poet and Mari sees Kal Sakubi and like just as Kaido gets owned and runs away Yuka shows up and gets thrown down and then the writers show up and it's just her because the rest of people left they're like oh this must be the orphanog and Kusuka is just like alright I'm gonna kill the hell out of her and he just beats the crap out of her. And then, like, Takumi is like, oh, but that's her. She was nice to me one time. And then, like, Katero and, like, Mari are, like, there just like, oh, like, what are you doing? And then he's like, okay, I should help. And then he... Yeah. Transforms, gets the sword. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, cool sword. Like, Katero's like, I haven't seen that yet. Cool, go fight the Orphanuk. He's like, no, I'm going to be a hero. And slash this guy in the back. Uh, and it's so like it's one of those it's such a good battle but it's so frustrating like to be on the audience side of it because there is such a big part of me that wants to shake Kedro and be like you will thank him for this like please quit being so angry right now it's just it's such a weird situation to be in as like a fan watching this play out and I love how like their faces fall and like Takumi just had Kusuka our best friend our good lad <laughs> Why do you do that? Our our perfect boy. What is happening? He he very much does come off as like he's he's now the the golden boy, right? Right. Yeah. And they have the sword fight, and it's all like super well choreographed. And like, there's a scene where like Kuzuka takes Yuka hostage and shoots at Takabi. He jumps, like gets his like bike involved, and then like while they're like holding him down, a like half Metal Gear. Half like Edie from Robocop mech just shows up. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I said I said, what is this Edie? 
Ed 209 shit. Because like, <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like. What Kuska does, he's like, wait, you've got your bike. There's a robot. This has a bike seat up top. And he goes back, turns it into like, he gets shot at. Kasakubi's uh, bike is too fast. He gets shot at and turns into vehicle mode, which is side basher is its name, which is like a bike of a sidecar that combines into a mech. It's really cool. It's fucking badass. It's pretty neat. This is probably one of the best battles we've watched so far. And they catch the robot, throw it mm-hmm. into like Takumi, like after he like makes his friends move. And then he's just like, and here's my missile attack. My like, he just shoots fucking cluster missiles at him. Oh, yeah. It was fucking incredible. Like, I, I've said this before, but I, I really wanted to watch the next episode. <laughs> Even though I wasn't allowed, I really, really was just like, oh, you can't do this to me. Just based off, I think next time, but also next next time is going to be a lot of interesting things for everybody. <laughs> a lot it of moments. Is, yes. And I promise to take more in-depth notes because we're really getting into the weeds here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to follow all these diverging storylines a lot closer, apparently. Yeah, no, there's a lot in these episodes. I love it, though. I mean, it keeps it interesting for sure. Like, you have to watch every single episode or you're not going to know what's happening. Yeah, I like forgot a lot of the show, but I'm very much enjoying it. Like, I was at first, like, super worried that, like, the drama bits weren't going to hit or, like, hit wrong. But Mm -mm. uh, how have people been feeling so far? Like, pretty good in the show? Yeah, I, I... I enjoy it. It's definitely, um, it's set up a lot of mystery stuff still because, like, Kasuga as a character seems to know shit that maybe he shouldn't. Uh, at, for us as a viewer, mm-hmm. I assume that, like, the, the Ryusei Academy has something to do with. Remember the plotline of the dudes in the subway tunnel and the, <laughs> the fucking classroom from 1995? That's what I was going to bring up. That has to be yes. tied into that somehow, because how could it not? Like, we're just going to leave that dangling? No way. Yeah. No, uh, there's a lot to come. Uh, I think we get a pretty interesting. <laughs> there's something coming up that I forget the context of. I just know the music videos of it. So I like am very <laughs> intrigued what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mysteries will be solved, but for now, though, um, we got some questions that we always uh, end the show on. And I guess who are our top three favorite characters, everyone? Oh, man. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, number one, Mr. J and Chaco. I, I consider them a package deal. That sounds like a public access show. Mr. J and Chaco. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Yeah. It, I imagine it like an advice column. Like a dear Abby, but, uh, you know, Mr. J is like, oh, thank you for such a wonderful question. How uh, Chaka would go about the situation is, and it would be like that, to where, like, he could say the most asshole thing in the world, but because Chaco said it, quote unquote, you'd just be fine with it. Um, Second favorite would uh, the bartender. I really, really like how psycho. Yeah, she doesn't have a lot of lines, but she manages to take up space in every scene she's in. Like you, you want to pay attention to her when she's on screen. Um, So I'm anxious to see what she comes up with next. 
it probably helps that she's an attractive adult woman and you love those. Well, that's true. Yes. Especially the adult type. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> um, and I'm going to say number three, Kaido in his fucking I'm in love and I've got this burst of fucking chaotic energy that I'm going to just spill all over the city. I, I just loved seeing him divert that into something that wasn't like cruel or mean. It was literally just him doing his best take all this manic energy he usually has and to put it into something positive even if he doesn't know what the hell he's doing it was just entertaining to see unintentionally cruel but yeah not intentionally <laughs> yeah yeah he does I, I feel like the thing with him is he doesn't really mean any malice he just doesn't think about anyone outside of himself so uh, and David um okay we'll start my number three I think number three is probably Mr. J Mr. J, LL Cool J himself. Um, number two is probably this is tough. Um, number two is probably Kasuga, and number one is Mm -hmm. Kaido. Like no problem. Like he's just the the guy who plays Kaido is awesome, and he just has that like Mm. wild energy, and he's like very animated, and yeah, he's just he was great in this set of episodes. I loved him. Okay, Kip, what say you? Yeah, um trying to think. Um number three, I'm gonna put um Kuska because I think he is very great to see. Um just I have context that you all don't, but I'm really enjoying this. Like, oh wow. <laughs> this guy. Um I'm but, kinda stressed um, out that you keep saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to keep it on the low, but I was like, okay, I will I want to see what people think in the coming weeks about this person. But, um, and then, um, number two, I'm going to actually say Takumi, um, because yeah. I like just like the super got to break your hero down to build him back up. Just have him be seen as an absolute scumbag and losing all the time to, and like just him dealing with that. And it, mm-hmm. it definitely helps that like, he's so much a, he's so much a like young person he's just like a young little asshole yeah and then number one i'm actually gonna bring it to yuka because she gets a lot to work with she's constantly going on dates good and bad she's constantly finding people in rivers i like her struggle here (laughs) finding people in rivers (laughs) it's true it is but it's just such a thing to Mm. say that it hadn't occurred to me but you're right she does find people in rivers a lot more often than you'd think. It's like that nickel meme. Like if I had a nickel for every time that happened, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's yeah. weird that it's happened twice. Like with her, that's she's like, yeah, it's weird that that keeps happening. Every time I walk by a river, I pull out a body. Yeah. When they both like got the common rider, like you lost the fight, go in this like river thing. <laughs> and the way that like, so like for Kiba, he was right side up. Takumi was just face down. <laughs> <laughs> they said, fuck that guy. Just all the way around. What was our favorite Tokusatsu, though? Like effect, fight scene, suits, etc.? Well, I said for sure mine was a, a suspicious guy and his finishing move. Ah, oh, yes. The gold smasher. Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement. Anything with Kaiza this time was great. Though I will say, um, Fai's fighting uh, 
the two orphanox in like the water and stuff the fact that they like were just like yo let, let's just get the suit wet like we'll deal with it after is kind of like okay cool yeah and they actually did have a, a couple of really good like scenes with movement there like despite the fact that it was in water and you could tell it was kind of like this slow muddy mess they really made the most of that one thing that the show does and like i think like a lot of toku does is that like for example like when kaido was like fies um they changed the suit actor to the normal suit actor for him so fies moved differently oh. he like was, was a little bit like different height and all that and man every fight scene does feel like a different person is behind the wheels like and, and like in those suits you know mm-hmm. uh, and i just love like think kaiser just is like a really cool design uh you're right yeah but last question best outfits we saw this time everyone <sighs> hmm. hard it's a hard one yeah i mean kaiser like that's kind of a shoe in so i don't want to pick it again because we've already you know extolled the virtues of kaiser hmm nothing else really stands out i mean we had those bikers we had those sex pests we had That's kind of it right yeah i i did really like the uh the style on that uh loud rambunctious female biker with the pink helmet I, like it had, had kind of the yeah, it had very much that, uh, like, whenever they would try to paint someone as, like, a bad guy, like, in the 80s, like, in music videos and stuff like that, it had the very same kind of style where it wasn't anything that, like, in real life you'd be intimidated by, but it was supposed to be scary, like, because it was just, like, heavy makeup and dark clothing and all that. And she had that, like, yeah, she had, like, the black lipstick on and stuff, too. Yeah, yeah, it was, like, this very... A specific type of style that like i said i feel like you saw in a lot of 80s music videos and maybe not a lot since then but i i liked it yeah real like surf nazis must die or like talk to mm-hmm. them like avenger stuff yeah yeah just like a very specific uh callback to a time period and i don't know if that was intentional or not but i really liked it uh well david you could say mr j if you like he's got that zillion fashion game that is true. He he's I mean, how does he keep it so white? <laughs> Mr. J. I'll give a nod um to the one dude in the like ambient, <laughs> ambient. Uh, sweatshirt. I did I did like that too. I seriously legitimately considered looking for one online, but stopped myself. Oh, I can almost guarantee it's somewhere out there. <laughs> You could make that at that point, just like Comic Sans and you're good to go. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even think it's Comic Sans. I think it's just something basic. Yeah. But no. Um, that is our questions. And for next time for everybody, we're looking at episodes 16 through 20 of Comrade Fies. Uh, we are in the OG podcast. We are looking next week um, at Comrade Geats 36 through 37. We will also kind of... Uh, Hard episode uh, soon on Shin Kamen Rider. If you are listening right now and you're a Western fan, um, I only know that the Wednesday before this comes out, so like one or two days before, um, it is out. There might be additional days. I'm not quite sure. You'd have to check, but you may have missed at least the one guaranteed day. I believe a lot of places do have two more days, and that might be that weekend or that like Monday. I'm disappointed I didn't go when I had the chance here because it's not in theaters anymore. I should have went. I've liked all those movies so far. Like they're pretty good. I didn't watch Ultraman, but Godzilla was good. 
it's good. It's like a much different movie, but it's like it feels like it's embracing the weirdness. Mm. It feels like a modern movie that's like also weird sci-fi stuff should be a little weird, you know? But yeah. Yeah, next time on the book club though is more Fies. Um though, like the majestic brown, black, and polar bear, we must plug ourselves. <laughs> And Steph, where can people find you when you're uh, not talking about Tokusatsu? First off, seamless transition. <laughs> Second off, uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at NobodyMuch. Uh, my website is www.arcademilitia.com. And um, yeah, have a great summer, guys. <laughs> That's it for me. I don't know. I, I'm done. I, I don't know. It's been a rough week. No, fair enough. <laughs> and Dave, where can we find you when you're not talking about uh, Tokusatsu? Uh, you can find me on the Tokyo Fresh podcast, wherever good podcasts are listened to. You can find uh, me um, on Twitter.com at James Forge, on co-host at James D. I don't know if co-host is really active, what the like places that you can go post Twitter are, but uh, we're still there. Um, the podcast uh, at Common Ride with me, my co-host at Common Ride. Uh, you can uh, check out the website, commonrightb.com, for episodes and articles. Uh, there's slash merch, links to our merch, uh, with all proceeds going to, I think we're switching over to uh, Trans Lifeline right now. But uh, there is a slash episodes, links out to different platforms. Uh, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And then uh, sending uh, questions to podcast at commonrightb.com if you want to be on episodes like this. And yeah. Um, do try to avoid spoilers if you do want to just say, I can't wait till you guys get to episode 23. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, I, I know that Kip is our resident expert on all of these things, but you also have to remember that he hasn't watched a lot of these in a while. So you saying something that you think is innocent might be something that he's like, oh, God, I completely forgot that happened. So I blocked this out of my memory and now I've remembered it. And Exactly. Yeah. and. Don't make him have to keep a secret from us because it's hard for him. Just make his job easier and don't spoil shit. Or send in fake spoilers. Be like, remember yeah. in episode 27 when this guy did this? <laughs> You're like, no, I don't. Does that happen? Oh, God, yes. Please do that. <laughs> he just gets me and David going like, oh, yeah, next one we're going to see a genie. And we're like, <laughs> genie and it never happens we're like what the fuck the episode just starts with someone getting shot in the face it's like oh okay <laughs> fuck damn okay if you send in a question with fake question mark spoiler at the end we'll look at them not till the last episode <laughs> and just see where you're at <laughs> and maybe there's some real spoilers maybe there's not but at the very end we'll look at that um but yeah, um, that is it. And any lessons learned this time in it? Like, what have we learned? What's fueled us, everyone? If if someone is the captain of one or more sports teams, you need to really keep a close eye on them. <laughs> That'd be true. Because I'm just telling you, that's some bullshit. That's that's just a red flag right there. You need to keep an eye on them. Never tell somebody you're practicing with them. Either they yeah. know, or you're about to hurt their feelings. Either way, no bueno. 
any wisdom, David? Or um, make sure you know how to swim, because you never know when you're gonna end up in a river. 